change that model at the moment, or maybe it can't even do so if it wanted to. I think China has been talking about uh, stimulating consumption for 20 years. But uh, the share <laughs> of consumption in the economy keeps going down. Mm. Now with this, uh, this debt overhead, it's, become, it's becoming even harder. So the government, what the government doing is keeping China up, uh, basing a production-based economy. Investment, and then at least to add overcapacity, then at least to export promotion. Mm. And uh, the Chinese goods remain very cheap. Uh, the world loves it. So. <laughs> so on that basis, do you see China's economic growth going from strength to strength this year? Yeah, I think that uh, uh, looks that way. Uh, in the at least in the first half of this year, exports are going to boom, right? So, uh, so uh, I think that the eight percent in the first half of this uh, the current year is very likely. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for joining me this morning. That's independent-based uh, economist Andy Shi. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio Three. Let's take a final look at the markets for this morning. First of all, in Australia, the SX200 is up about a third of a percent. Uh, over in Japan, the Nikkei 225 is pretty well flat. Uh, the futures markets indicating that Hanks, uh, Hang Seng is going to open in about 150 points stronger here in Hong Kong. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil, $55.40 a barrel. Gold is trading at $1,856 an ounce. Thank you for listening this morning. Do please stay tuned for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverton and Mike Rouse. Just one moment coming up. The weather forecast, mainly fine and dry. Maximum temperature is going to be about 22 degrees in the outlook, mainly fine in the next couple of days. Mild during the day and then rather cool mornings towards the weekend. It's 17 degrees right now, 81% relative humidity. There is a yellow fire danger warning in force this morning. It's 8.32. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. The government has removed the lockdown on a block of streets in Jordan, which was at the heart of a COVID-19 outbreak. At about 3.30 this morning, police started to leave the area and remove barricades. From 6pm last night, the government began letting those with negative test results move freely. It was a welcome break from the lockdown, which began early on Saturday, with many saying they just wanted some decent food. Natalie Ching reports. A resident surnamed Chang said he had been eating instant noodles for two days. He said he was going to leave immediately and have dinner at his mother's home. Another resident said she had also been living off instant noodles as she didn't have a stove. She said she would go and buy some warm food. This man, who is a Muslim, said the government did not provide him with halal food. Yesterday until now, we don't have anything to eat because we eat halal food because we are Muslim. So Muslim cannot eat pork or like that things. Health officials say they've so far found 13 preliminary positive cases among more than 7,000 people tested in the locked down area. The Democrat leader in the U.S. Senate says President Biden's multi-billion dollar COVID-19 relief plan will be implemented with or without support from the Republican Party. Chuck Schumer said the bill, worth nearly $2 trillion, aimed to reignite the U.S. economy and greatly accelerate the number of people being vaccinated. We need money to help the unemployed and people need checks in their pockets. And we will increase the overall amount people get to $2,000 a person. That would be 8000 for a family of four. All of that must get done quickly. We hope our Republican friends will see the need and work with us. But if not, we will get it done. 
Joe Biden has promised 100 million vaccine shots in his first 100 days. More than 400,000 people in the U.S. have died with the virus and the number of officially recorded coronavirus cases there has exceeded 25 million. The French government's top scientific advisor says the country probably needs to move into a third coronavirus lockdown. In a television interview, Jean-Francois Delfrassi warned stricter measures were necessary to contain the spread of new variants. He said there were lessons to learn from the experiences of the UK and Ireland. First of all, that intermediary measures are not sufficient to stop the new variant. While a lockdown such as they have in England and perhaps equally in Ireland shows that there is in fact the beginning of a reduction in the curve of infections, at least in England, which shows that, however barbaric a lockdown may seem, it does have an effect on the transmission of the virus in general and of the variant in particular. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton and your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Aspects of the fight against the COVID pandemic today. Was the lockdown in Yamate, which has just finished, effective? Uh, should it be applied to other areas? What are the lessons to be learnt from that? After nine, should two-week quarantine rules be applied to aircrew in Hong Kong? What would be the implications of that? And more appeals against the six o'clock dinner ban. If you've got something to say, you can leave a message on our Facebook page. That's Bankchat and RTHK Radio 3. Or you can email us, our address, bankchat at rthk.hk. Or you can call us, and our number is 233-88266. That's 233-88266. We look forward to hearing from you. Uh, we're going to be speaking to uh, some doctors and uh, transport experts and also uh, JR, the uh, restaurant owner, in the uh, programme this morning. Once again, if you want to join in, we want to hear from you. Bankchat at rthk.hk uh, is our email address. So we've got a few uh, emails on uh, different topics, um, some related to uh, American politics. I think we'll run those uh, after the news at nine o'clock so we can get straight into our, our main topic uh, today. Uh, we do have one, though, from Mary, which is uh, relevant. Uh, Mary says, while enormous community resources are being deployed to combat COVID, a far more insidious trend is responsible for many more deaths in the community. Every day, at least three deaths by suicide, many jumping off tall buildings buildings are reported. While COVID deaths are mostly elderly with underlying health issues, the suicides are from all age groups and diverse backgrounds and income levels. Can Backchat please question health experts on this? Is any research being carried out with regard to the motive for the suicides? Are they COVID related? Are there health issues? Or desperation re-financial difficulties due to impact of COVID on employment and income? Elevated levels of stress due to the dramatic changes in daily routines? Loneliness related Related to the many restrictions imposed on the community, persons charged with offensive related to the protests and NSL. If such research is not being carried out, then why not? Surely the impact on society of the premature departure of a number of citizens every day should be a cause of major concern and the focus of far more attention from both the community and the authorities. That is uh, from Mary. I think we, we, we will turn to that uh, issue uh, later because we do have with us uh, Dr. Pan Pei Cho, a former vice chairman of the um, Hong Kong Federation of uh, Trade Unions, former former legislators as well, as well as a uh, psychiatrist. Uh, and also with us, Dr. Arasina Ma, president of the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association. Uh, Dr. Ma, maybe we'll start with you. Good morning. Good 
morning. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. So we've just f- finished off over this weekend this, this quite dramatic lockdown uh, in Jordan and Yamate. Uh, how do you think it went? Do you think it was effective? Uh, I would say, although when we look at the numbers, since there are not many cases we can find, maybe because some of the citizens over that area has already left, or maybe most of them have already joined the test and get uh, confirmed it previously. But um, how to say, I understand why government have this, uh, this arrangement, although whether it's good, uh, they have done it good or not, I'm, uh, it's difficult to tell because um, there are so many um, uh, uh, um, uh, Southeast Asian living in that area. They actually, they are not uh, uh, um, uh, well informed by the local media. So um, maybe some of them just stay in their house or go to work and they miss all the uh, test chances. So lock down their area and go to that, their home and get them checked is one of the uh, most efficient ways to make sure that all of them get checked. Because uh, we found that uh, in this group of patients, actually quite a significant number got infected. The, yes, the Southeast Asian living in that area. Dr. Ma, good morning. Um, it seems to me there's a balance here. The government was very well aware that there was a higher percentage of ethnic minorities because, in fact, one official was quoted earlier as as talking about particular lifestyles and so on, Um, and yet there was no uh, preparation for the right food for for the people to eat. Uh, uh, yes, I think it is, um, it is uh, really bad to see that um, uh, our government, although they know that uh, that area has quite a number of ethnic minority, but all those food they prepared, those canned food is quite um, uh, based on the, uh, the, the, uh, the practice of the, um, Chinese Hong Kong people. So I think they are quite insensitive. And also another thing we, we, we can, if this issue, this, this incident can reflect is, uh, the communication between the government with ethnic minority in Hong Kong. Uh, those ethnic minority, they are not just appeared in few years' time like refugees and so on. They have lived in Hong Kong for many years. For generations, they, in fact. Yes, and they always um, gather in that region of the, of, the, of the society. Why can't the government have, uh, why haven't the government built up a good communication channel? So I don't know. I think since this communication blockage is uh, getting worse uh, um, in this common, uh, in these few years, so the government should uh, really analyze their their work. The other thing, of course, that people complain sometimes that, oh well, um, people were given notice, twenty four hours or forty eight hours notice, and lots of them ran away from the area. Um, on the other hand, if if you only get paid. By t- if you turn up for work and something like this is going to prevent you from turning up to work, you've got a direct material incentive in running away, haven't you? Um, yes, actually, I think the government should uh, discuss with the commercial sector or some... Uh, so, so for this kind of uh, lockdown and absence from work, the, the, the employee should be granted uh, uh, a paid leave because it is not because of their personal issues. It's because of the government policy, the public policy. And also, um, I think one of the reasons why people walk away because they don't know what will going to happen. 
if the government has explained to people well, they said that okay, we will lock down in a certain period of time. Uh, it will be released a, cu- a couple of days later. Uh, you will be prepared some food or and so on. Um, maybe the less number of people locked down, uh, uh, walk away. It is what, some of the one of the reason people lock away is because they are not sure when will we release the lockdown. If you tell them that it will be released on Monday and you can go back to work as usual, maybe less number of people will walk away. Right. What, what about the results? Um, I think 13 cases uh, emerged from the 7,000 uh, who, who, who were tested. Uh, that's, a, that's a rate which is almost exactly the same, as I understand it, as the general population. So that would suggest this wasn't or is not at present any kind of hotspot. It's just the same as anywhere else. Does that mean that this was kind of a, a waste of time to some extent? How to say? I think definitely, maybe they are, that they can do something else to uh, improve the, the 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 percentage of people getting tested rather than lockdown. Uh, maybe um, the the hotspot has already migrated to somewhere else. Uh, maybe uh, another district and so on. So yes, uh, may, some people said the lockdown come too late. Maybe because the government has never uh, mentally well prepared for that. Even they. They have done it now. It seems still not well prepared. Uh, and in fact, that would have a negative impact, wouldn't it? Because then the people would spread it. They'd, they'd run away in advance of the lockdown and actually distribute the uh, infection further. Um, yes, yeah, some people said that some of the Southeast Asian actually, um, uh, because they are so worried that uh, they may, uh, they have already moved to other uh, area that uh, with um, gathering of other South. Uh, uh, Southeast Asian, like Yunlong or Tribun, because they have their friends living there. So government need to pay attention. Actually, I think besides um, the, um, the different districts, the government may consider to communicate with the ethnic minority group, try to um, um, communicate with their leader or region leader and so on, and try to say whether maybe provide um, testing for those group of people so they can, uh, we can um, um, uh, improve the rate of uh, percentage of people getting tested. I think the ethnic minority group uh, is uh, at risk at this moment. Hmm. And, and perhaps if there were those kind of uh, subsidies uh, and, and better food and more sensitive food and so on, uh, people might uh, have a more positive attitude towards the lockdown. They might actually welcome the lockdown uh, and might be you know, happy to, to stay there knowing that this is going to be for a brief period, they're going to get compensation, they're going to get looked after uh, and so on, and that might improve the effectiveness of the whole exercise. Yes, that's true. I think uh, some of those uh, peop- uh, some of those people actually they are the manual workers. Uh, they are the construction site workers. They get paid daily. So if they don't go to work, they have no pay at all. So the government should, besides food subsidy, they must give them some uh, cash subsidies as well. Okay, uh, Pam Pei Cho, Doctor Pan, good morning to you. Thanks so much indeed for joining us. First of all, what do you think of the uh, the uh, uh, of the whole thing that, that that first lockdown that we've had of this kind uh, in, in Hong Kong? Uh, what are the lessons? Uh, oh, okay. I think I think that uh, uh, I agree with uh, uh, many uh, most of the comments made by Dr. Ma. Uh, I think uh, taken as a whole, uh, uh, the lockdown, of course, it has. Uh, uh, generated uh, quite some criticisms on the part of the government, but by and large, I think it has been carried out smoothly. Um, 
I understand that, uh, say, uh, to give some uh, warning beforehand will make uh, some of those people uh, run away. Uh, but I think, uh, on the other hand, if it is uh, done all of a sudden, right, out of the blue, then uh, it may uh, generate uh, a greater uproar, right, in the in the community, right, because people are not used to that, right. I think in Hong Kong, uh, we know the the government is. Uh, uh, will not uh, say do something which is just out of the blue right, without any uh, warning. Right? So that I think it fits in with the, with our local political culture. Right, uh, Dr. So, Pen, good morning. Isn't yeah. that wouldn't that be an argument for some kind of wage replacement as part of the package? Yeah, if you, if you, I think, yeah, if you announce in well in advance, yeah. say okay, next Friday to Sunday. Then uh-huh. everyone who stays there will get free food, and in, if they're not able to go to work, they'll get a wage subsidy. Please stay yes. put. Yes, I, I think this is something that uh, that is uh, important, right, for people who sort of uh, get uh, uh, gets paid on a daily basis, uh, whether they return to work or not. I mean, uh, these are the grassroots people, and they really they don't have a lot of. Uh, saving, right, to cope with this kind of uh, situation. So I think that uh, these people should be uh, looked after, right? Uh, money, uh, in that case, will be well spent, right, on behalf of the community. Right. And other people who are already working from home, it's maybe for them not an issue. But they they may buy in some extra food. That's right, yeah. Uh, for people who are working from home, they are usually, uh, say, uh, they have higher pay, right? So I think that for, for them, it's easier for them to, to, to deal with that. But nevertheless, I think the, uh, the government uh, should look after these people, right? Give them some uh, uh, adequate food supply right, to cover the period. I think, the, say, to look into the uh, needs of ethnic minorities right, in terms of their diet is also a very good idea. Seems to be a big communication issue there. Yes. I, I think that when I look at, uh, say, uh, the, the watch TV, right, and see uh, the, the government officials coming out to explain, do the explanation, I, I just wonder whether there should be someone who do instant translation, right? Uh, because we we know in those areas there are a lot of people who are not uh, Cantonese speakers, right? So uh, I think that uh, they should get the message, right, and uh, the. There's uh, more than just uh, simple instruction, but also uh, the attitude of the government. Why right? this should be conveyed clearly to these people? Right? I mean, I mean, it, could you argue that it's a bit misleading to call this a lockdown because it's not really a lockdown as you'd find in other places and, and at other times. This is really uh, just a, a, a brief burst of uh, uh, testing, sure, sure. compulsory testing. Exactly, could, exactly. could you could you not achieve the same effect by having a team? going into a building and just knocking on every door and saying, exactly. you live here, you've got to do a test, without all yep. the dramatics of sealing off an area and, you know, sort of defending it in this, in this way. Because yeah. you're not really breaking the chain of transmission, you're just testing lots of people. Uh, it's testing a lot of people, but at the same time, when the testing is going on, right, it uh, stops people from leaving. So it's just a matter of, uh, say, a compulsory test right, mm. and to make sure that the compulsory test is done properly it uh, sort of limits the 
the, the freedom of movement right, of right. those people in those areas for a brief period. It's completely different from a lockdown, which is uh, what is happening in uh, parts of the United Kingdom at the moment. Right? Right. And, of course, if, if somebody tests positive, mm. you don't want them running around and mixing with everyone else in the rest of the community. That's, that's exactly the idea, because the test results will come out in those... Uh, in that short period of time. Right? So I that's think critical, is, uh, isn't it, though, the timing, turning around yeah. the test results? Sure, Other, sure, otherwise, it's a, right. a waste of time. Hmm. Yes, exactly, yeah. Can I ask you also about that, that, that email that we had from uh, Mary? Uh, I, I hope yes, you heard yes. that, talking about suicides and, and about yes, stress. Yes. Well, you know, as a, as a psychiatrist, what are your thoughts on that? Yes. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm, I was about to say something about that. Mm. I, I remember, because I have been uh, following the figures of uh, uh, suicide uh, uh, before uh, in the past, right? So uh, we know that, say, during the, the SARS outbreak, right, there was an upsurge in uh, suicide among older people. Uh, that was in older people, right? And, uh, uh, and, and then uh, I... I Sort of thing about it, right? So it seems that uh, a pandemic like that, right, uh, infection, a serious outbreak of infection like that, right, do uh, tend to uh, bring up the suicidal rate, at least in certain age groups, right? I think for this COVID-19, uh, the effect, right, of the infection on uh, the general population is more widespread. Uh, in our setting, we are seeing quite a lot of people uh, feeling very distressed by the by the outbreak, not just because of uh, the fear of catching the the, the the virus, but also because of the uh, economic uh, implication right, for the whole thing. Right, that some people just lost their livelihood. So um, I agree that it is uh, important uh, with uh, this uh, uh, with uh, Mary, right, who's on who said mm. in this email that. Uh, is uh, something that is really worth uh, looking into, right, academically, right, and also for, from a public health point of view. Uh, in psychiatry, we have something called um, uh, uh, psychological uh, uh, autopsy, right, so meaning that people who have passed away, we can trace their, uh, what happened to them before they, they, they choose to, to end their life, right, so very often we can find important clues, right, about the cause uh, the factors that can that have contributed to to, to the suicide. Father Fondi, do you know yeah. if the, do you, have you have the rates gone up or gone up among particular age groups or anything? Uh, you know? I don't think we uh, I don't think we have the figures mm. yet, right? But uh, we we uh, when it's come, when it's out, we will look into that. Right? What what Dr. Pan, What about the general effect on everybody of this feeling that we're all locked in? We can't even get a, a, a day in Macau. We can't go a weekend in Thailand. All the things that Hong Kong people are used to doing and relieving some of the pressure, all of that's gone. That's right. That's right. So uh, there's a huge change right, in lifestyle to a lot of people, right? a lot of uh, people in Hong Kong. So uh, that has an adverse effect. But I think, by and large, right, uh, say if you have if you uh, have something which has such a, a, a important or a, a severe impact, right, on someone's life, right, like for example, uh, that caused them to 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 commit suicide, then uh, the impact must be very severe, right. To have such a change in lifestyle will cause some will, will make someone feel sort of uh, frustrated, uh, bored. But uh, not probably not to that extent, right? But to say 
uh, if someone's livelihood is affected, right? Uh, uh-huh. Someone uh, say sort of uh, cannot even make hands meet, right? Because of that, right? This is more serious, and I think such serious uh, factors uh, uh, will have uh, the, the kind of impact that drives people to shoot suicide. Mm. Yeah. D- uh, Arsene Ma, Doctor Ma, I mean, the numbers are still kind of stubborn, aren't they? They're not really going down, certainly not going down as fast as they as they were in previous waves. They're sort of hovering, I think there were 70 cases, uh, 80, 70, those sort of numbers. Um, uh, why is that? What's, do you know, what do you think has changed? Um, I, I personally I postulate um, it may be because uh, now we have a um, certain kind of outbreak in those very uh, those local districts that are uh, highly de- uh, populated with, uh, uh, with busy commercial activity. And I think there, are, there should be quite a number of um, uh, 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 cases uh, that without uh, a confirmed source. So actually people just have no idea that they have already get infected because they even don't notice that they have um, contact with the virus. So I think um, it may even take uh, maybe a week uh, for this uh, to uh, uh, to going on before the cases uh, can go down again. Just really hope that uh, the condition can improve a bit before the Chinese New Year. Is it is it realistic to aim for zero? <laughs> I think it may not happen in a very uh, in a short period of time. First of all, since the vaccine won't come soon, I personally I doubt if the vaccination program can really uh, start before Chinese New Year. And even it starts, seems that uh, the first vaccine available is only the BioNTech. I'm not sure if all the at-risk group can get it. Can can get the first jab um, uh, in the first cycle. And the second vaccine, the AstraZeneca one, may not come at the end of June. So um, that's really worrying. Mm. Yes, but I mean, even if even if we got 70, 80% vaccination and we've achieved herd immunity, there's still going to be a handful of cases, aren't there? Of course. Um, first of all, even after you get the first jab, um, you may still get uh, infection. Uh, you may still get infected. That's what uh, happens in UK. They have a large um, population that get already, have already got the first jab, but they they find that those people have already got the first jab. They also get infected, but maybe not as serious as without vaccination. So um, I think it may take some the whole community uh, get both a dose of vaccine and maybe up to 70% or so on, and also take few weeks uh, for the vaccine get fully functioned. So maybe we can see the number of cases can be dramatically go down. Do you think we've been slow to get the vaccine compared to other places? Or do you think it's okay? Um, I, I think maybe we will be slower than other places. Um, most, um, we can see that um, most of the um, um, vaccine uh, production country they tend to save the vaccine for their own country. Just like um, in India, they, they have the law, uh, try to make sure that they won't um, export the vaccine unless a certain number of uh, their citizens has already got the injection. And many countries now are fighting for the vaccine, Italy trying to sue the company and so on. I don't know the deal of our government with those companies. And also, we um, those um, we, uh, we are still waiting for those proper data, proper, proper publication from those two um, um, mainland pharmaceutical companies. So everything seems to slow down. 
Okay. Jay in an email says, I would like to know how transmissible this virus really is. We haven't heard anything about washing your food or about eating hot pots or, how, or about cleaning your shoes from droplets. How much bacteria is actually on your mask when you change it? How much bacteria is inside or outside your mask? We've not heard about people catching from restaurants recently. Uh, that's for, from uh, Jay. Uh, Dr. Ma, do we know anything more about sort of uh, transmission by contact in that way? Um, about, uh, first about the food, um, we, um, at this moment, we don't have people uh, get infected after e eating certain um, contaminated food. First of all, because you wash and cook your food uh, before you eat, but we have cases in other countries that those food handlers, for example, those uh, working with the uh, frozen food, they get infected and suspected uh, they, because they get it from frozen imported food. Uh, about the restaurant cases, um, yes, you are right. Actually, besides the hot pot group and large party group, uh, large banquet group, uh, we haven't seen um, uh, infection uh, in restaurant for a long while. So, um, yes, um, maybe we, we, we should review the policy of closing the restaurant early. And on, on the other hand, I hope that during this period of close down of, of restaurant, the government can help the restaurant to improve their ventilation, improve their sanitization, so hope that so they can um, start up start their, uh, their, their their business again. Because um, since many uh, restaurant owners are in a very difficult situation right now. Okay, well, that's something that we will turn to in the second part of the programme. After the news at uh, 9 o'clock, we're going to be joined by uh, JR, the uh, bar and restaurant owner. Uh, in the meantime, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Dr. Arasina Ma there, President of the Hong Kong Public Doctors' Association. And many thanks to Dr. Pampei Cho, who's former Vice Chairman of the Federation of Trade Unions, a legislator and also a psychiatrist. Uh, once again, our email address, we want to hear from you, backchat at rthk.hk. We've got some uh, emails on uh, different topics, uh, which we will air after the news as well as our usual discussion. Uh, before it, the weather, mainly fine and dry today. There's a yellow fire danger warning. Temperatures up to about 22 degrees uh, today and the outlook is going to be mainly fine in the next couple of days. Mild during the day and then rather cool mornings towards the weekend. And the latest readings at the moment, 17 Celsius and the relative humidity is at 79%. <laughs> craft that lifted off from Florida. Many of them were small, relatively low-cost devices, reflecting major changes in the space industry, which have allowed far more players to get involved. The previous record of 104 satellites was set by an Indian mission four years ago. You're listening to the news on RTHK. <laughs> Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Monday morning with Mike Rouse and uh, me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about uh, aspects of uh, COVID. Uh, we were talking to Pampe Cho and uh, Arasina Ma, uh, doctors, in the first part of the programme. Uh, we're looking at other aspects uh, in this second part. I'm also uh, airing some uh, emails on different issues uh, as well. If you want to comment, backchat at rthk.hk uh, is our email address. Uh, or you can go to our Facebook page and share your thoughts there. Uh, or best of all, you can uh, pick up the phone and uh, call us on 233-88266 and we'll put you on air. Mike, you were talking about, about troubles with a, with a hotel. Do you want to air them? Publicly, yes. Right? Um, my, name it, but. my unfortunate daughter um, was here for two weeks before and it was in a hotel and it was tough, but it was bearable. And there was laundry service and you could hand out bags of dirty laundry. 
Now she's back again for three weeks this time, and the hotel's cancelled the laundry service. While she was there, they cancelled While it. she was there. And also saying, well, and we can't pass out bags of dirty laundry uh, for, for your family to wash at home and, and bring back clean, because that could pass the virus out. That almost makes sense. But in which case, you've got to maintain the laundry service. You can't just say, oh, we're going to stop doing it. But that's what happened, and I don't know what the practice is in other hotels. Have you got any recourse, anything you can do about it? Yeah, you can get a a pin, you can get a model of some of the senior government officials who don't seem to have any idea what's happening to ordinary people in ordinary circumstances and and stick pins in them on your desk. It's about the limit of a recourse, I think. Okay, other dolls are available. Uh, all right. Uh, this is an email from uh, John in Saikung uh, with the subject line, RTHK is a disgrace. Uh, John says, to avoid any doubt, be assured that Hong Kong will view RTHK with utter contempt and loathing. It's a disgrace to strip a decent journalist, Nabella Cossa, of her civil service contract. It's purely political mover. Everyone knows. Kowtowing to CE. The inquiry found no wrongdoing, so that processes did not solve the problem. So then RTHK used backhanded means to switch contracts. Let me translate for you idiots in RTHK. It means your role as a trustworthy public broadcaster broadcaster has been thrown away lost the public trust destroyed now you are kicking out nabella cosa time to confess the truth about the rthk person of the year award that is from john in saikong uh, mark pinkston who had uh, who had emailed uh, last week but i kept saying a fatal error uh, this is the point that he was trying to make he sent it another route uh, foreign secretary rob called qc perry a mercenary for contemplating representing the hong kong government in the case against jimmy lai this is a political statement and should not have been used in judicial matters that's as i say from uh mark and a couple of emails from uh bob who says he's a british resident uh from 1985 in a hong kong resident a british a hong kong resident from 1985 now happily and safely retired in juhai uh bob says last friday i listened with customary boredom to american mike's banging on about the election that his team <laughs> lost so sad and his analogy to football mike should realize that many of us brits don't follow the game i've often said that i would ban it because with money being so important to the game it encourages cheating tribalism and elitism come to think of it those are the attributes mike's team found so appealing good health to all and uh, uh bob also says um thanks to trump and the gop i've learned quite a lot about how the u.s works internally and externally judeo-christians are special to the gop so about 75 percent of the world's population are not the U.S. electoral system is unfit for purpose. The most powerful nation on the planet cannot hold a free and fair election. The legal system is corrupt. Even the GOP can't manage to get their cases regarding vote-rigging heard in courts controlled by Republican judges. One reason we should admire Trump is because he didn't start any wars. Trump has brought peace to the Middle East without having to bother about Palestine. The best president since Lincoln left office with the lowest approval rating of any president since records began. I wonder why. That comes as I say 
from Bob. Thank you very much indeed for that. Back chat at rthk.hk. Uh, it's uh, eight minutes past uh, nine. We're joined now by uh, Akim Cherny, who's an associate professor in the Department of Logistics and Maritime Studies at the uh, Polytechnic uh, University. And we wanted to talk about um, uh, a story uh, that uh, Hong Kong will uh, soon uh, extend, the, uh, quarant- uh, extend the quarantine period to uh, air crew so that uh, people arriving, pilots and uh, uh, crew from uh, long-haul flights Flights would be uh, required to uh, go undergo 14 days quarantine. There were concerns about uh, the effect this would have on the aviation industry. Uh, uh, Professor uh, Cherney, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. Thanks Th- for inviting me. Thanks very much for, for, for joining us. Um, so we're not quite sure, you know, the status of this. I think that uh, Sophia Chan, the, the, the health minister, has said that this is something that uh, that, that they they want to do. Uh, this uh, uh, this. Uh, kind of more stringent measures uh, are necessary. First of all, what would be the impact if air crew uh, did have to uh, go into quarantine for two weeks? Yeah, uh, yeah, this is a very good question. So I think here it is important to distinguish between passenger traffic and air cargo. So uh-huh. these rules, as far as I understand, they are supposed to be applied to both cargo flights and passenger flights. Now, this is very interesting because the um, the two different areas are de- developing very differently. So passenger traffic, almost no passenger traffic right now. So even if there are some stricter rules on air crews, cabin crew uh, implied or imposed, uh, uh, you know, the economic cost associated with this will be relatively low, I think, because, well, there already is almost no passenger traffic right now. Uh, so it couldn't drop any further. Now, this, the, excuse me? Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, couldn't, couldn't the same uh, thing be achieved by segregating the crew when they arrive, like giving them two or three days sleep in a segregated location, and then they fly out again, whether it's for cargo or for passengers? They don't yeah. have, why, why put them in quarantine for two or three weeks, the present situation here? Yeah, I mean, uh, there are certainly different um, different ways this, this can be done. And also internationally, there are different um, rules rules applied. But maybe, uh, maybe let me, before I, maybe we're going into this, uh, let me just highlight that the situation with air cargo compared right. to passenger traffic is very different. Uh, so the air cargo market is booming, and Hong Kong is the Hong Kong airport is the biggest airport globally for many years in terms of air cargo, and the air cargo market is booming. And this is, I think, there the economic cost of imposing stricter rules on air crews could be quite high, because because Hong Kong is so important in, to, in the in the air cargo business, they also play or should play, I think a major role in the distribution, for instance, of the, of the vaccines. Now, the question is how this would be affect, uh, like these stricter rules would be affecting Hong Kong's role in helping sort of to fight the virus globally by helping distribute the, the, um, the, vaccine, uh, the vaccines. So I think this is the very different, you know, I, I think this is where really like the economic effects have to be, have to be considered. 
uh, back to your point, apparently there are very different rules applied for for air crews globally. Um, the you know there is no it, it is very difficult, uh, and and I feel like governments all across the globe are struggling with finding the right balance between on the one hand fighting the virus, and on the other hand. Uh, you know, the economic costs associated with this. Uh, and I don't think there is a general rule that can be applied. This is really something that, like, the governments have to decide. Um, but there are uh, other rules, like, uh, for instance, uh, that, that are less restrictive applied in other places that also have been very successful in fighting the virus. For instance, I think a very good example is New Zealand. I think what they... As far as I understand, to my, understand uh, to my knowledge, what they are imposing is like it have a two-day quarantine requirement for this for the air crew, and then the the crew is supposed to stay socially distanced in their uh, layoff when they are abroad. Right. Uh, stay in the hotel, stay away from local population, and so on and so forth, in order to sort of reduce the further reduce the risk of of spreading the virus. Be- because that's that's what the whole objective of the quarantine is, isn't it? To if you come in with the virus, you may not know that, but if you're free to mix, mingle with the whole community, then you very well uh, stand a chance of passing it on. But if you're not free to mix with the community, if you spend two or three nights in your hotel, having been escorted there by people dressed in in PPE. Um, mm then you can fly out again when you're rested uh, without mixing with the local community at all. Mm, I, I, you know, um, yeah, well, uh, this is what I, um, I, I think uh, that may be an alternative and less restrictive way right. of, of handling this. Because, this, because this your, point, your point about the vaccine distribution is very valid. I mean, if, if we're getting a whole consignment by air from the UK of the... Oxford AstraZeneca one, or from Germany, the BioNTech, well, or Belgium, I think it's actually manufactured in. And if that crew then has to be in quarantine here for two weeks and then two or three weeks at the other end again, the vaccine's just not going to get out. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, I think air cargo is, is very important in quickly distributing the the um, the vaccine across sort of the globe and Hong Kong it's of course it's not only to bring vaccine to Hong Kong but also you know flying vaccine let's say from uh, the US or from Europe to uh, to Hong Kong and from there uh, to to distribute it further to some other places perhaps in Asia um, I, I think Hong Kong you know the air cargo business is a global business and Hong Kong of, uh, uh, is, is, you know, excellent uh, at this. And in particular, because the, the requirements, I mean, handling the vaccines are, are, is, is difficult. And Hong Kong is very good at handling these kind of more complicated procedures. Okay. Uh, an email from Jay who says, as a Hong Kong resident, air crew are the weak link. You can't have them wandering around Hong Kong. End of story. Is that the situation at the moment? Can they, when they arrive, are they just they just walk through and and they just do what they like in Hong Kong? Um, I'm not. I I don't think so. Um, 
I don't think that's the case, but I would have to. I'm, I'm mm. not one hundred percent sure. Okay. What about marine crew? Because I see your department has is marine maritime studies as well. That's right. That's what, right. What's happened to seamen? I know some of them have been trapped at sea for a year or more. I, I also. I'm sorry, I, I don't know about... Not his area. I don't know much area. about that, yeah, yeah. But that's a good point, actually. That's something that uh, is another, something that uh, may be worthwhile looking looking at. I mean, of course, the sea ship is, the journey is much longer, right? So if you have some infection in one country and then you're for, let's say, for one month on a ship right. and you've got infected you will recognize right so the, the everyone will know by the other end, yeah. pretty long so yeah so that may be even a substitute for the quarantine i mean you could imagine if they got their act together you could coordinate this internationally couldn't you and you could have sort of a clean because the pilots don't really have to come into contact with lots of people you could have clean cockpits and clean areas at, at the airport and they, they travel to a place and they mm. stay within that area that zone and so on but i guess mm. you'd need international trust well international coordination is sometimes a little bit complicated because mm. every country is pretty busy right now with yeah. their own stuff but of course i think yes some coordination should be should be feasible and would definitely help um, but I, you know, I feel that really there, there, there are maybe some alternative measures, less drastic measures that could be applied, and that are also internationally applied, and even applied by some countries that have been quite successful in, in uh, fighting the virus. Okay. Well, uh, Akim Cheney, many thanks for for joining us, Associate Professor in the Department of Logistics and and Maritime Studies at the Polytechnic University. Uh, thank you very much indeed for for, for joining you. us. Uh, an email. This is from uh, Mike. Uh, who says, on the lockdown, was this just a test to determine how effective the Hong Kong police are at locking down citizens? This type of lockdown doesn't have much scientific medical reasoning. PCR tests were designed to confirm a suspected ill patient is ill because of COVID, not as it is used in Hong Kong or even the rest of the world. Who is making all the money on these tests is the unknown question. Follow the money. That comes uh, from Mike. Thanks very much indeed. Bankchat.rthk.hk. Could we ask all the mics who write into the show to distinguish themselves from other mics? Because I have a feeling you get quite a few mics. Yeah, I do try and t distinguish between that's the that's the with due respect, Mike. <laughs> that's the famous Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the Mike who believes Trump won the election, isn't it? That's Mike who's on Backchat more than you are, Mike. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know my place. That is, you're, you're you're right. Hang on, he's got another comment as well. Um, yeah, this is this is um, Mike strikes again. This is Mike. Dentist Mike, I call him that. Oh, you can. Okay, uh, who says, uh, please stop with the vaccine misinformation. Understand and know what the mRNA injection at its best is capable of doing. It doesn't stop person-to-person -person infection. It supposedly reduces effect and can save lives. Um, and uh, Jane says, uh, Dear Backchat, has anyone thought about the effects of continued cycles of quarantine, 14 days, on the mental health of the crew and their family relationships? If you look at the numbers of crew that have tested positive within the pandemic period, around three in Cathay Pacific, and the danger they represent compared to the opening of the Chinese New Year flower markets, one has to wonder about the rational and scientific basis on which these decisions are made. That is uh, from Jane. Thank you very much indeed for that. Backchat at RTHK. 
hk uh, email address uh, once again and uh, one more comment this is from uh, tom uh, who says, uh, Dear Backchat, I find it extraordinary that this administration, which has allowed so many exceptions to the restrictions on mainland border crossings, is considering quarantine restrictions on air cargo crew when other far more reasonable alternative measures are available. That is uh, from Tom. Uh, well, another uh, restriction which has caused considerable controversy is the uh, uh, 6pm uh, dining uh, ban. Uh, you can't uh, be served uh, food after 6 o'clock and uh, bars of course are are closed um i know that uh, executive councillor tommy chung was uh, addressing this point he's not happy of course he represents the catering functional constituency um uh last week uh, well we're joined now by uh james robertson jr owner of the restaurant chain grappers and uh cadillac jr good morning to you uh, good morning mike and you thanks very nice much indeed. yeah nice to talk to you um so uh you know there are arguments that uh, uh, the 6pm ban uh, is a necessary measure to uh, reduce COVID transmission because people, of course, talk and socialise uh, in um, in restaurants and bars uh, after 6 o'clock. Uh, this reduces uh, traffic uh, and, and so on, quietens down uh, Hong Kong uh, in the evenings. But I guess you have a different view. Uh, surely. I mean, the virus... <clears throat> We've had this conversation before. I mean, the virus comes out at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It can come out at uh, 7 o'clock in the evening. It's not uh, hour-specific. And uh, to dine for one or two hours in the afternoon is okay, but to dine one or two hours in the evening is not okay. And I'm not sure. I mean, there's a lot of people in the industry hurting. And uh, while I won't give any names, I can uh, give a few examples. Um, One of the the, uh, local operators that has about a dozen, 15 outlets, and they've taken, uh, they're making all the staff take 14 days no pay leave per month. Uh, that just kills everybody, and they're not making money. And um, another uh, operator, competitor in the Western uh, group, uh, he's got seven or eight outlets. He's taken uh, 70% of the staff have to take 70, uh, take no pay leave until further notice. We're making uh, our staff take uh, six days no pay leave, which is about 20% on your salary, but I don't know how that's going to work. But the, the whole idea that the government that seems to be totally misguided is, I say, the people in the, in the government are taking uh, work-from-home time. They don't get any salary cut. Uh, they even have a benefit when they, they stay home. They don't have travel allowance. And yet they, they mandate 6 p.m. Well, the office hours in Hong Kong, for the people that are going into the office, generally speaking, maybe the executives stay late, the, uh, the rank and file, they generally leave around 6 o'clock. They're all headed out to the MTR public transportation. So all the restaurants and the, everybody have to close at 6 o'clock. So you're just increasing the traffic flow, and uh, it's all going to be taking public transportation. I mean, how can you coordinate that to, to all come to the same uh, confluence in, in getting on public uh, mass transit and whatever? Right. So, so aside from the financial aspect for us, I mean, we're... We're not making any money. I mean, we're suffering. I'll probably end up closing two or three yes. places, but that has to happen. It has to happen. But they kind of rearrange the uh, traffic uh, coordination flow. There's another aspect to this, jail which I saw for myself last night, because places do do food for takeout uh, after 6 p.m. You just can't eat it on the premises. And I ordered takeaway. I went down to collect it myself from one place, which I, I won't name, but 
the the queue of people waiting to collect the food was absolutely jam-packed. I mean, if any one person there had had the virus, we all would have had it. Maybe we should all get tested now because we weren't allowed to spread ourselves out two, three, four per table, which, of course, is another aspect which I'm sure you have views on. So it, this taking away doesn't solve the problem at all. In some instances, it actually make it worse. Yeah, good point, Mike. I, I agree completely because they all gather around the uh, the entryway here where the food comes out. Yep, the gang of punters standing there waiting for their, their takeaway. And uh, I, well, I, we have actually also taken away from one of your places. Although I think you are making an effort to space out the queue, but not everyone uh, does the same, and not everyone is able. Can I come back to this point about number of people per table? I. I <laughs> I was at a restaurant for lunch yesterday by myself. Complete chaos or fast, depending on which way you look at it. Families of four or six were spreading themselves out two per table. Um, so you've got small children running, running from table to table because mum or dad is on the other one. I mean, is, is this does this make any sense at all? Well, of course not. And those people live in the same six or eight hundred square foot flat and they live together, shower together, eat together, but when they go out, they can't sit together. Right. So, I mean, that, that's just absurd because if they're going to get it and spread it, it's already happened. Right. But, uh, well, of course, they live together and then they got in the car together and then they drove to the restaurant or they got in the taxi together and then they have to separate. So dad with a little girl, mum with a little boy, and then the boy decides he wants to see dad and the girl decides she wants to sit with mum, and Indeed. it's just chaos. Well, we got a crackdown on one of our outlets uh, last week, and um, the FEHD came in, and they said, oh, uh, there's uh, three people sitting at one table. And uh, we got. then they said the dividers, now this, they told us the dividers don't count. The tables have to be 1.5 meters apart. Well, I went back and checked uh, the rules and regulations. The FEHT was completely uh, wrong, but they were beating up on our staff and the manager and saying, no, you can't do that, you can't do that. So even even the, the authorities don't have it all ironed out on what they're thinking and what they're doing. So uh, as I say, the 6 o'clock is killing the industry. Uh, I have one uh, friend that I've known for 40 years, uh, Mr. Lee, that operates a Chinese restaurant in Causeway Bay, and he's closed, and he owns the property outright. He has no mortgage, no rent, no anything, and he still can't make ends meet with a 6 o'clock closure. Hmm. It's, imagine those of us that are paying rent. And the, as I think I said once before, the elephant in the room is also the landlords. And the government can close the bar. The government can restrict our operating hours. The government can do whatever they want, but they never tell the landlords that they have to take a haircut. I mean, everybody needs to share some of the pain, including the government officials, including the landlords. We're, we're all suffering, but we're not all suffering equally. Okay, uh, an email from Tom. He says, please ask JR if TJ's has closed permanently. I, I did a bit of Googling. Is that, ref that refers to Tequila Jack's, does it, which is a bar in Chimsa Choi? Yes, we have Tequila Jack's and TST. No, um, you know... And we do serve food there, but we were closed because uh, a significant percentage, the high majority of our sales is alcohol, and well over 
So we assume that that means we should be closed, but not everybody is closed in that fashion. Um, we've had some problems. I don't know, the building, they decided to block our our signage and they put up scaffolding. And it's been like that. We've been threatening them with the lawyer's letters and what have you. It makes it look, the place look like it's closed. It's not closed. It will be back, and uh, it's one of my favorite children, so to speak. Okay, so not, not closed permanently, just closed temporarily because it's a bar, not a restaurant. Is that right? Correct. What about the 90-odd percent drop in the number of tourists? That must be hitting you as well. Well, Mike, the tourists, I mean, we're talking in 2020, there's like uh, 50 million tourists that didn't come to Hong Kong. Right. And if those 50 million, if they all spend $1,000 U.S. each, that's 50 billion billion U.S. dollars out of our economy last year. And if you use that, the, the, the bank uh, multiplier effect, that it's worth five or six times, we're talking two to three, four hundred billion U.S. dollars out of our economy. People don't have money to buy, ta- to take a taxi. They don't have money to buy a pizza. They don't have, you know, I mean, the, okay, KFC and, uh, and uh, McDonald's are probably doing good. But at my level, in the, mid, mid, the casual dining, wow, we've, we've seen a huge drop. And, of course, that's without the 6 p.m. Then you take the 6 p.m., we, we, can't, we can't survive. People are going out of business. And, of course, all of our workers that are having to take no-pay leave and what have you, these people live paycheck to paycheck. The whole economy is being sucked dry, and uh, the, the government has got to come up with something different than what they're doing now. All right. Jay in an email says, let's have some transparency within the government. Who made the six o'clock rule? What was their motive? The same with the seating arrangement. Parents want to sit with their kids. That comes uh, from Jay. Uh, Jay, I thank you very much indeed for, for joining us uh, uh, on the line there, owner of the restaurant chain uh, Grappers and uh, Cadillac. Um, uh, to finish off, uh, Mike, this is Dentist Mike says, uh, no, this is addressed to you, Mike. Okay. Uh, says, no laundry service. Not quite the truth. Hotels gave me as many sheets and towels as I wanted. I was smart enough to bring 21 pairs of underpants and made the best of it. There was a large pile of towels and sheets in one corner of the room when I checked out, but at no time was I without clean towels and sheets. The reason was a special sterilisation team comes in after you're gone, so sheets and towels from non-affected patrons get mixed with potential COVID. That comes from... Sheets and towels are not the problem. Uh, The problem was no notice... And sudden implementation announcement. Oh, by the way, there's, we're cancelling the laundry service. Hmm. So, actually, what was one of the options was to send in twenty-one pairs of girls' panties or something for, and, and t-shirts and shorts and whatever. But the no, we've gone a different route. She's now washing them herself in the room, okay, in a bucket. Uh, all right, uh, on on Facebook, a little flurry of uh, of uh, comments. Tom says, uh, "Does anyone know what happens if I score a forty degree Celsius on many of the temperature checks around Hong Kong?" Victoria Ann says, "I love the picture of Dr. Yun Kwok Yun talking about the proposed lockdown in front of one of the buildings while the residents were leaving right behind him with huge <laughs> luggages." Uh, Horatio says, oh, "Well done to the Hong Kong government again. This lockdown has flushed out so many problems. First." 
final tally was 13 positives, four from the same family, from 7,000 samples at a rate of 0.17%. What was the cost? Second, numerous disgraceful and discriminatory remarks on ethnic minorities and grassroots people. Any government official making idiotic and racial comments would not have a job in any civilised society, except Hong Kong, of course. Three, CE and other government officials visiting the site didn't even wear the copper mask. Not one person. Four, luxury yachts locked together in groups of three to four was seen yesterday, again with lots of people moving in and out of the yachts. Uh, were they not a contributor to this lockdown uh, problem? Hong Kong has no problem. And uh, Ethan says, why not lock down the borders? Simply trust that will help instead of raiding individual districts. If the borders are not closed, more districts will be locked down, I guess. That's uh, from uh, Ethan. Thank you very much indeed for all, for all those comments. Mike, thank you very much indeed. Hugh, we've been talking about this for a year and new problems emerge every week. It's amazing. Mm. It keeps us in business anyway. Well, I suppose there's one way of looking at it. Uh, the weather forecast, mainly fine and dry. The maximum temperature about 22 degrees. Uh, and the outlook, mainly fine in the next couple of days. Mild during the day, rather cool mornings towards the uh, weekend. There's a yellow fire danger warning, 18 degrees now. Relative humidity at 77%. Due to the volatile COVID-19 situation, the public should stay at home and avoid going out, in particular elderly persons, as they have higher risk of severe illness. Family and friends should help them with shopping and other daily needs. If elderly persons must go out, they need to wear a mask and wash hands frequently. Pay attention to the latest situation. See a doctor promptly if feeling unwell, even if the symptoms are mild. Let's fight the virus together. 33, the news now with Samantha Butler. An epidemiologist has dismissed further lockdowns to contain the spread of the coronavirus here. Professor Benjamin Cowling from the University of Hong Kong says the 13 preliminary positives found from the city's first lockdown in Jordan at the weekend won't make a big difference in bringing case numbers down to zero. The Democrat leader in the U.S. Senate says President Biden's multi-billion dollar COVID-19 relief plan will be implemented with or without support from the Republican Party. Chuck Schumer said the bill worth nearly $2 trillion aimed to reignite the U.S. economy and greatly accelerate the number of people being vaccinated. And the NGO Oxfam has calculated that the combined wealth of just 10 men increased during the pandemic by more than $400 billion U.S. dollars, enough to pay for everyone in the world to be vaccinated. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Hi. Good morning. And good morning to you too. How are you doing? Excellent. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Fine, thank you. Thanks for inviting me to your show. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Good to see you. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning. Welcome to a new week here on Morning Brew. Lovely to be back with you. Hope you had a great weekend. Well, this Monday at 10.10, we're going to begin with our high-level rugby news from Hong Kong Rugby's CEO, 